I speak to you in the name of the one God who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Greetings from Swanee and from Camp Bratton Green. Many thanks to uh, Katie and Jennifer for inviting me to speak today, and I'm so glad to be home. In this passage, the sending out of the 70, it is a well-known and rich part of our scripture. There's a similar sending out of the 12 apostles in Matthew, and the evangelical push in each version is certainly inspiring and motivational. And while countless preachers have approached this passage, you might suspect that I'm going to work today to inspire some images of mission trips, habitat builds, trips to stew pot, or even our own beloved Honduras medical mission. To inspire you to go out into the unknown and bring Christ to those to whom you encounter. And I'm afraid that if you are expecting that, you're going to be left wanting today. And for that, I apologize. I want to talk to you today about hospitality. Not the evangelizing that we go out to do, but rather the hospitality that we receive and what that says about us. So let me tell you a story. Two days after Hurricane Katrina, I went with my mother and others from St. Andrews uh, to deliver a huge trailer of necessi necessities to the, one of the disaster relief locations. Um, it was one of the Lutheran churches in uh, Ocean Springs specifically. Everything was in chaos. Fallen trees and limbs were just starting to be cut and cleared. Only a few of the roads were open. And so with our official government documentation on the dashboard of our truck, we started to drive. Once we arrived to the church, we helped unload all of our cargo, and we began to talk to some of the volunteers and the survivors. And yes, before I carry on, I realize I am breaking my own rule and telling you a mission trip story, but wait for it. About five o'clock, we were starting to notice that everyone was sitting down for an early dinner. And several people asked us to please sit, join them, eat with them. And my initial reaction, which I kept to myself, was a hard no. I needed to decline because I didn't want to take any morsel away from these people. They needed all the resources that they could get. And I knew that I could just as easily go back to Jackson and in a few hours have a late dinner of my own. And yet the looks on these people's faces told everyone in our group that we had better sit down and eat to break bread with these brothers and sisters. And as I sat down and broke into my MRE, I realized how much the people here needed to share in some hospitality. See, to my mind, they had nothing. But to their mind, I had traveled and labored to bring them supplies, 
for even the laborer deserves to be fed, we heard just a moment ago. I tell you that story to just ask you to never underestimate the need we have as humans to be social, to build community, and that sacred space that forms around a shared meal. So if we look back to Luke, we hear that the 70 were told to eat and drink whatever was placed before them not skipping from one house to another to get the best grub and the best accommodations. They had to accept the hospitality that was given to them, humbly. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, we read. This seems pretty self-evident to me. Sounds a perfect, reasonable thing for Jesus to say. In first century Palestine, there were many eager people to hear the message, but there were not enough to spread it. And that's why Jesus sends out the 70 after all. Today, however, this line about the harvest being plentiful and the laborers few rings hauntingly true. As we look around, we see our church aggressively seeking a way to live in a desert of cynicism. Consider all those who have left the church as they have grown into adulthood. Consider those who have not grown with organized religion at all. Consider all those who self-identify as spiritual but not religious. Or consider those that we within organized religion have sloppily labeled as nuns and duns. However you look at it, This spiritual desert that we find ourselves in, I hate to admit, but there are more and more people who have not heard the gospel message. Sure, Christian stories and parables, tenets of our faith, have permeated culture such that everyone knows a little bit about what Christianity is, but that's little more than cultural literacy. There are so many that lack the deep-rooted living relationship with the teachings and lessons of the Old and New Testaments. So when you hear clergy or anyone sitting next to you talking about growing the church or the church in decline, remember this passage. Remember this passage as a way to fit that need, to seek out a solution. You have, in many cases, a luxury, the luxury of reaching out to people who might be connecting to these lessons for the first time. In a way, we are given the same gift, although it's difficult, that these 70 were given 2,000 years ago. And when you reach out to these people who need to hear this message, take a moment to remind yourself of what the good news is and what it means to you when you do it. Rediscover the wisdom for yourself and remember what the love of God feels like. 
rely on the hospitality of others. Even if it is outside your norm, eat what is set before you. Instead of demanding that people meet us where we are, coming to church at this time, wearing this outfit, knowing all of the rubrics in the BCP, we can still do all those things, sure. We can invite friends to church once a month or uh, point to the helpful instructions that are in the margins of our bulletin. My aim here today is rather to ask you to consider moving away from a culture of invitation and toward a culture of being sent out. Not abandoning one for the other, but rather creating a balance of the two. If anything, I suppose I'm asking for a more outward evangelizing, for service and for mission, so that we may return to our own parish, our own community, with a greater sense of what it means to be hospitable. That way, we can be served by the stranger in our midst, as well as serving her or him. Perhaps what that means, perhaps that means worshiping beside someone who doesn't completely differently. Perhaps that means setting aside your Episcopal identifiers for just a minute so that brothers and sisters sitting next to you feel more at home. Whatever it is, here at church, in your workplace, or in, the, or in your house around your dinner table, there is much to be learned when we break bread together and we eat what is set before us. Amen.